Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 295. I'm your host, Blaine Putney, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. For those watching on the live, we can hear your laughter, and we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're coming to you post-game uh, for the San Jose game. Uh, if anyone's still awake, I'm surprised. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about... Uh, New scouting hires, uh, a little bit of the attendance of certain scouts, and the game itself. So without further ado, we'll just jump right in, and I'll bring up the uh, the new scouting hire. So the Canadians hired Teddy Purcell, former NHL player, friend of Kent Hughes, apparently. So... Matt, what do you think? I just think it's another guy that they're bringing in that they know that's going to be comfortable within the organization um, that has ties to St. Louis, has ties to Le Cavalier, et cetera. I think it's a, it's, it's a move that's not going to hurt the organization, that's for sure. Uh, we've seen the Ranger or the kind of the Ranger connection. We've seen the Tampa Bay connection. Uh, they're bringing in people that they trust. They're bringing in people that they know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear more names come in um, that are that are much in a much similar situation. So so far, the the hires that they've made have paid dividends, and they've uh, they've um, provided their own uh, their own spin on on things with the Canadians joining the organization. So it's a it's a positive hire, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, what caught my eye was in the interview with uh, with Bat uh, Arpin Bass. Pardon me. Uh, with the interview with Arpin Basu, they mentioned that Purcell had a specific set of skills that they wanted to bring into the organization to um, to take advantage of his experience and how he views things. So power play style, a specific style of play, those li- uh, little nuances that we're noticing are missing right now with the Canadians. Oh, very much so. Very much so. So... To have a have someone that can come in and have an eye for those special teams that they're looking for, those skill sets that would fit specific special team needs. Uh, and he's covering an area that the Canadians have 
not really covered very well in the past. And that would be California and well, you know, Southwestern United States. Right. So to have an extra set of eyes, an extra uh, point of view that fits their overall scheme. I agree. I think having someone brought in like that, that's a, that's a good hire and we'll see. (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll see it pay dividends. I hope so. Um, Now uh, staying on the scouts, I'm looking at the list of scouts that the Canadians had at the game. Uh, Notably, there is a Chris Iserman. I'm guessing that's uh, Steve Iserman's, uh, I don't know, cousin. Sure. <laughs> he works for Detroit, so he must have I'm a connection assuming, there. I'm assuming so. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, but the majority of the scouts that were there were from the Ottawa Senators. And I can only imagine that it's not to scout the Canadians. I didn't think so. Uh, you would think that they're looking at uh, San Jose. Um, there's been a lot of uh, talks out there that maybe they'd be Welcome to bringing back a guy like Carlson if Carlson wanted to come back. Um, not sure how that relationship is now. Um, obviously, there was that there was a quite a bad breakup there, and and Hoffman actually had something to do with it, and his wife or girlfriend at the time. Um, we won't get into that, but uh, with the way that Carlson's been playing, just absolutely, uh, re- it's a kind of like a resurgence of his career. To be honest, a guy's making what, $11.5 million or something on the cap? Um, yeah. It's a guy that's won Norris trophies. He's put up 80-plus points. He's, uh, he's a very good player. And I think that um, Brent Burns moving on to the Carolina Hurricanes, it brought him back into the fold where he is the offense. He, he is the guy from the back end. And so far this season, Carlson is having a phenomenal season. I'm just bringing his stats up right now. Uh, 11 goals, 21 assists. And it's just, those are phenomenal numbers for a guy that uh, everyone talked about, you know, this is one of the worst contracts in the league and one of the, uh, you know, uh, you know, talking about buyouts and talking about all this kind of stuff, you know, the next guy to go to the Arizona Coyotes, et cetera. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they might've been there looking at him. They could have been looking at uh, there's, there's multiple players, honestly, they could have been looking at uh, maybe Vlasic would be another one. If, uh, if, um, San Jose is trying to get rid of a contract. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say, but uh, with the Canadians right now, don't I? I don't, honestly, I don't think they were looking at anyone in the Canadians. I, I really don't. No, no. The San Jose is going to be entering a rebuild as well. Yeah. So there's players I hope they were looking at, but um, yeah. they probably weren't. <laughs> and if they well, were you, looking you, at them, yeah. it was not the game to watch tonight. Well. You'd think that would be the case. However, yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll get into that in a minute. But I want to stay on this uh, this for a second. I mean, Ottawa is looking for a veteran defenseman, especially someone who can help with the offense. Right. Carlson is well known to the Senators and their Absolutely. fans. Uh, I think he would be a good fit there. What would Ottawa have to give back? I don't know, but not... Not my monkey, not my circus. Yeah, the price, the price is definitely raised from what it was. It'd be high. Sure. Yeah. But uh, what I've noticed as well is at the Canadians' home games, especially, there's been a specific scout from Washington who has gone to just about every game for the last couple of weeks. Right. So 
I, I don't know if there's anything going on between the Capitals and the Canadians, but I do find it interesting that they have someone almost dedicated to watch Habs games. There might be something there. There could be. There could be. It's hard to say what would come back the other way or who specifically they're looking at. Um, Washington's one of those teams that hasn't gone off to the greatest start. And they do have quite a few injuries right now, mainly one to Tom Wilson, who really is that uh, he really isn't at one of those X factor type players. He, He can he can finish, but he can throw the big hit. He can be the nasty guy if he needs to be. Um, and he, and he, and he creates space for some of these other players, mainly a guy like Ovechkin, um, who's still having a great season. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it could be that they, they're looking for a guy to bring into the top six or into the top nine to provide a little bit of, uh, depth score into that team while they wait for other guys to get healthy. Yeah. And there's also, uh, New Jersey and Detroit, uh, not Detroit, uh, Dallas who were also there. Yeah. And have been have been sending scouts to Habs games now, right. while on the road and at home. Right, and it's well known right uh, now that about Dallas, two weeks Dallas is looking for a top six forward. Um, right yeah. now, they are looking for someone that can go on that line. I believe it's with Sega and and uh, Mason Marchment. I believe they're looking for a third piece there. Jeez, a right-handed guy who can play in the top six, and well, what are the odds the Canadians have any of those guys? <laughs> Josh Anderson. Uh, does Hoffman shoot right? Does Hoffman shoot right? No, <laughs> no, he doesn't. He shoots left. <laughs> does Dad shoot shoot, him out of the does, does Dad Nov shoot right? No, he shoots left. God damn it! What about Drouin? Shoot no, him out the he, house. Drouin's a lefty as well. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is some, there is some smoke out there about right. a deal that's going to be coming up. At the very least, what's this? Sh- what this shows is, yes, Hughes is very active on the phones and he could just be setting tables, try, you know, having talks with certain teams who have, who have shown interest and they're, they're just completing their notes so that maybe sometime between new year's Eve and uh, the trade deadline, the Canadians will be able to shoot four five, six guys out. Right. Well, like the way I'm looking at it right now, the team's still playing and they're playing competitive hockey other than tonight. Uh, I've thrown that in there a couple of times. Um, you don't want to start the sale too soon. No, you still want to show your fan base. You still want to show, um, the team itself that you're ready to, that you're not ready yet to, to fold and, 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 and to, and to say, okay, this isn't our year, right? Yes. They're out of the playoff spot right now. They're unlikely to make the playoffs not time yet to just kind of sit down and say, okay, well, we're just going to prepare for the draft in Nashville in, uh, in the summer. Well, with the surplus of forwards that they have and defense now as well, yeah. who are all NHL capable, moving a couple of guys out up front, a, a guy or two out from the blue line, you're really not going to hamper this, the, 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 the team's, level of play that much no but i wouldn't be looking right now at this point i wouldn't say let's move out of josh anderson right yet let's not yeah. move out of sean monahan right yet when their value you probably if when you when you look to move a guy like this well i'll throw monahan in there because he's an expiring contract 
you, you look at a guy like Monahan, there's probably going to be a bidding war for him at the deadline. You get a guy that can play up and down the lineup. He's going to play in a top nine role for whatever team brings him in. He's a steady face-off winner, which is something that's very coveted within the league, especially in the playoffs. He's a good puck possession guy. He can play on a power play, et cetera. Um, I'd hold on to him as soon as long as you can and get that one team that says, okay, we need to have this guy. We'll dangle this as well to make the deal. That you saw you saw yeah. how it's you saw how it worked with Sherrod. Yeah, exactly. And right yeah, now he's not in a rush to make a deal. Yeah. And right now, we're hoping every day that the Florida Panthers lose because that first round pick yes. is unprotected. <laughs> and as as we record right now, uh Calgary is currently up three nothing in the second period on the Panthers. So let's hope that that well, continues. <laughs> even if the Panthers finish where they're at now, which is around seventeenth. 17th, 18th overall. Yeah, two top 20 that's picks. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. A, a top 20 pick for Ben Sherratt plus a, plus a, a prospect. Yeah. Not bad. Not too bad at all. Not bad. Yeah. Um, but but just, yeah, with, just wonder if you can take Monahan though, flip him for another pick, and then you're getting another future first round pick. Well, and that's the thing. He, he, Hughes was paid a first round pick in 24. 25, yeah. 26, 27. Yeah, read the matrix. Uh, conditional <laughs> 3,000. I don't know. But he was given a first round pick just yeah. to take on the contract. And now Monahan is actually outplaying Kadri, yeah. who they signed they and up. moved yeah. Monahan out to yeah. fit him. Yeah. So, I mean, it's early, but nonetheless, it shows that Monahan is returning to a top six form a quality player. And I think you're right. He is most likely going to be the biggest draw yeah. on the trade market. Yeah. Uh, Colorado needs centers. Uh, they need to replace Kadri. Monaghan would be a, an affordable option. It would just cost them a first. Right. Or an NHL ready top prospect, but I don't, they're picked clean there. Right. It'll be interesting to see who else moves. That's on an expiring contract. If they if they maybe entertain moving Drew, in. if if he if 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 a move can be made, if he gets healthy, he was skating, he's skating a little bit now. Um, still yeah. gonna he's still a few weeks out from returning, of course. But uh, would there be anything there? Would there be a return? Would there be, you know, a, a draft pick even? Like who knows? Like not to not let the guy go for nothing, and then you look at that trade tree, and you got Sergachev and how well he's how he's really blossomed in. Tampa and yeah. yes Droyes had his time in Montreal and he's shown flashes but it's it, at the end of the day it's 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 going to be one of those trades that goes down that it was not the right move for the Canadians on the long term one of the few trades that Bergevin has done where it just didn't pan out but that's more to do with Droy's health concerns, yeah. all the injuries he's had. Yeah. And then so, there's the, the mental health thing as well, and him yeah. taking time away from the game and everything. And yeah. Yeah, there's that. Uh, but if as for giving him a chance somewhere else, is probably going to cost the team 50% yeah. eating his cap yeah, more just likely. to get something, you know, more like, a, hey, give us a third round pick. We'll eat 50%, take him. Right. 
So that's the hope. Yeah. Um, On an expired we'll contract, though, it's something that might happen. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. But <clears throat> back to Monaghan, just the sheer fact that someone paid you a first just to take his deal. Yeah. And then flip him for another first. This is a massive home run for Kent Hughes. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to In the a, day that when we pretty much know the trade's going to happen. Um, it's yeah. just, when is it going to happen? Yeah. I, I know a lot of people want to keep Monahan, you know, re-sign him, but I think we covered this in the last episode, somebody who like Monahan, who's going to, who's a top six player, he's going to want to get paid as a top six. He's going to want term. Yeah. He's already 28 years old with a, a history of injuries. Yeah. You're better off just to, to cash in, you know, with, take that lo- winning lottery ticket, cash it in. Right. Yeah. It's not a, it's not the grand prize, but you just got yourself a free pool. Yeah. So, and anyway, uh, moving on from that to the uh, San Jose versus Canadians game. Uh, Habs lost four nothing. They got um, they got beaten by a very um, a team that really shouldn't have won that game. The Sharks should not have won that game. I agree, and it's much like the uh, the Chicago game that they should have won the game in regulation. Never should have went to a shootout. Yes, it, yes, it made it more exciting, and there was a lot more, uh, um, you know, a lot more. Uh, camera camera work and everything because doc scored the shootout winner but um you're, i agree like it's a game that they definitely should have won um it's not like they had a bonafide number one goalie playing for them in kakinen um, their shot selection was all over the place their power play again continued to struggle uh, eric angles tweeted it out they had six power plays in the game with a two-man advantage and in those, in all of that, on the power play, one high danger chance, and that's just unacceptable. It, we saw yeah. at the start of the third period when they had that two man advantage, it was roughly fifty five seconds or so. It was cycle the puck, cycle the puck, cycle the puck, and everybody knew it was going to go. It was the same thing in overtime against Chicago. Everyone knew the puck was going to go to Caulfield, and that's what they were looking for. And the defensemen just had to stand there and it was it was just a, a story of the game they were the the San Jose players were constantly getting in the in the in the front of Canadian shooters um blocks tonight 28 to 9 for San Jose yeah right and it's not like San Jose Sharks are a top 5 team in the league but they did the small <laughs> but no. they but they did the small things correct and it and it and, and they won the game for it, and it really shows a dead power play just kills all your momentum because we saw a couple minutes or a minute or so after that five on three was over, all of a sudden it's two nothing, all of a sudden it's three yeah. nothing, and then the game is just out of reach. Didn't help the Canadians' power play to look good when they're up against one of the best penalty killing units in the league, right. San Jose was more than happy to let them stay to the outside. If they tried to move the puck into the centers, tried to go to the slot, make passes across the ice, they were there. They would, yeah. they, they had that boxed out. And the Canadians had no answer to that. 
because nope. as you said, their power play is just not good enough right now. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's a systemic thing, if they're too predictable, if it's yeah, a personnel they choice. Moves. They have two moves. Yeah. And I tweeted this out. It's either or wait for Suzuki to do his skate into the zone from the blue line thing and take that shot. We know that it works and it's worked quite a few times, but it's so it's predictable. And 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 so is getting the shot to Caulfield a la um Shea Weber type spot. It's yeah. it's very predictable. It, it's you're not Alexander Ovechkin yet. <laughs> you can't just stand there and be like. I can score from anywhere. I don't need to move my feet. Right. And he, you know, one of the greatest goal scorers in the history absolutely, of the league. Absolutely. Right. Um, but too pedestrian, no urgency. It's if, if they want it to work, they've got to use that skill. Like we've saw the top, uh, the, the top line for the Canadians in Doc Suzuki Caulfield. We know they can move the puck. We know that we can, they can put it in a cycle. Why can't you do it when there's, three guys on the ice or four guys on the ice that are more or less staying stationary that are waiting for you to make the move. Yeah. So, but but you can do it on the rush. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I I liken it to Suzuki's shootout attempts. He's got one move that he can very put a variety of uh, spins on. Right. So five, six different looks to the one simple approach. If they can do something like that with the power play where, yeah, it's the same approach every single time, but they have five or six different looks once they're in that zone and they're set up. Like I, I go back to the Vancouver Canucks and they have a set play and it works. It's that bang, bang, bang play. It's, give or take a pass from the blue line to behind the net to the front of the net. And it's, it's a click, click, boom. And if it, when it works, it it's, it pays dividends, but you've got a couple guys in the back end that can make a good, like they can make a good pass or you've got a guy in dock that can play back there. that can make a good first pass, right? They, they have the personnel. They've got the skill to do this. Yes. They're not, they're not one of these, you know, a uh, you know, eleven million dollar plus players per player aligned type team, but they've got the skill there that, to be able to to pull it off yeah. and at least be able to put up better numbers than uh, than what they have been. And again, another O for six tonight. It's it's not acceptable. I agree. They they need to find a new approach or something different just to just to give it a try because this isn't working now. Overall, uh, I think people would be quite surprised to see after losing 4 nothing that the Canadians actually had uh, possession of that game for the vast majority of it. They hold a, a, they hold a, a 73.61% Corsi 4 percentage, which means they, they controlled three quarters, uh, three quarters of that game. The puck yeah. was on their stick. Yeah. Um, scoring chances for it the percentage was almost 70%. Uh, but considering the fact that the Canadians completely outshot San Jose and had that massive possession uh, advantage, the high danger chances for was only six Yeah. to seven against. Yeah. 
And and the thing is, like, it's not like they made it really difficult for Kapokakinen tonight. And congrats to him. No. For, he's picked he picked up his yeah. first uh, first shutout with uh, with his new team. Um, but it's not like they made it difficult on him. And there was a lot. There was there was some things that I noticed where it's they had sustained pressure in the zone multiple times during the game, but it was it was shot selection or let's make an extra pass or let's cycle the puck a hell of a, a whole bunch until we uh, until we lose until we lose possession or, or let's shoot it into a group of bodies. You know, it was there was no real there was no finish. Obviously. Right. There was no, there was no finish. And it's just, we saw towards the end of the game, um, a little bit of line juggling. Slavkovsky moved up a little for a little bit with, uh, with Anderson and, uh, Monahan, which is something I've brought up a couple times. Um, we'll, we'll see how things go. I think that I don't even know who they're playing on their next game, to be honest. Um, Calgary, it's Calgary. They're going west. Oh, that's right. They're going on the road. Yeah. They're doing their Western road trip. Yeah. Um, but anyway, for for this game here, you brought up Safkowski, and I find that he actually had a very good game. He did. Now, he, he only did. played. He only played eleven forty two, but that's that's still like a full minute, minute and a half more than he normally gets. Right. Uh, his Corsi four percentage, his personal one was eighty point nine five percent. He had an expected goals for percentage of 79.81. Uh, he had 13 scoring chances for and only one against. And he had three of the Canadian six high future chances right. himself. Yeah. None against. Yeah. So he, uh, in my view, he had a great game. He, he created a ton of offense. Uh, he missed the speed. net a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, he showed some speed. He had a couple of good chances where he just missed the net. And he made some amazing passes. Unfortunately, he was playing on the fourth line at the time and Pizzetta couldn't finish. Yeah. Or Evans. Or Evans. Right. Now, I think Slavkovsky in in this, and he won four face-offs out of the four he took. So winning those, he's won all of those face-offs and he plays he played a very solid game and I think he's proven that he should be given a little bit more. Yep. Like, like you mentioned, he played on uh he played on a line with Monaghan and Anderson and he looked good. Yeah. So why not give him a full period or game in it's that be, role? It's going to be interesting when it seems that Hoffman's getting closer than, than Drew. But, yeah. uh, when he comes into the lineup, you're likely looking that Pizzetta is going to be the guy that's going to be the odd man out. Um, but then what happens? Right. Exactly. Who move, right. What What's that line going to look like? You're going to move Armia down. You're going to move Dadnov down. You're going to put Hoffman there. Like it's, it's hard to say. Well, I think Armia should be moved down because ironically he has no finish. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's true though. It's uh, true. He hasn't yeah. played up. He hasn't played up to expectations. No. That's for sure. Neither is Evans. I think Armia would be a better fit on that fourth line with Evans. Yeah. At this point, yeah, two big guys yeah, can yeah, win sure. more battles. Exactly. Yeah. Now I know that they want Hoffman rolling again once he comes back, but Slavkovsky deserves a little bit more. And I understand uh, the development process that they're putting him under. Uh, it makes sense. I'm not disagreeing with it, 
but I think that he should be given the opportunity to take a larger bite here and yeah. there yeah. and see what happens just so he can, cause he needs to get used to that, that, uh, that NHL speed, that, that pace of game. And while playing on the fourth line is great, you're still learning NHL pace. Yeah. That's not the top six pace. That pace is another notch above. Yeah. Yeah. So if I like he can to get him... some time in there. Yeah. I like yeah, I would I would like to see that as well, but it's it's kind of the quality of players he's playing with on that yeah. line as well. It's not like it's yeah. the tradi- it's, I'm not gonna say traditional bottom six role that he's playing. It's not like he's playing on the fourth line. And it's not like he's playing on a high energy fourth line, right? He's playing. We get our chances every now and then, and we're out there to kill men at fourth line. Yeah. Right. Try and find some energy fourth line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's not like the, uh, like a fourth line where they put it out right after a penalty so they can get, get people going or yeah. right after a power play to keep momentum. Because well, power play kills all momentum. We saw it, yep. uh, but it, it's not even that kind of a role that he's being given. It's just we'll send you out, play some mop up time with uh, a couple of guys who I like. I like Evans and Pizzetta. I think they're they're really good for what they do. Yeah, but I don't think they're at the level of Slavkovsky at this point. No. And we've seen the creativity of Slavkovsky and sometimes he's holding the puck a little bit too long and he ends up either losing the puck or um, he makes an ill-advised pass or a shot because in his eyes, I can make this pass to this guy. He should be able to finish it off. And we've seen time and time again, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, And my final view of the game tonight uh, was Matheson. He led the team in ice time. He, he played all situations. And for the most part, I thought he did okay. But you could tell he's still a bit rusty. He yeah. still isn't a complete, you know, it, it, he's being put on a top pair against top players. And he's not quite to that level. He's still the Canadian's best uh, defenseman at this point. But it, he's not a number one. Yeah. It's kind of like Jeff P- when Jeff Petrie was in Montreal. Yeah. And he same had to type be of player. Number, he had to be the number one. Had to be the number one. Sometimes he stepped up and he was better than that. Yeah. But a lot of times he just couldn't meet that expectation. Right. And right now I think that's where Matheson is kind of in. Not that he he can't. It's that he hasn't played enough games. He he missed a long time, and it's still it's still catching up to him. So once he can get his get going, right. seriously going, yeah. probably after this road trip, I think would be enough games under his belt in a season to say this is what he is. Yeah, and you know playing out against uh, Calgary, who's kind of a hit or miss team so far this year. Um, hopefully they're going to go against Jack Campbell and it's the Jack Campbell that's letting in a beach ball tonight. And then hopefully they get the, a struggling Canucks team, right? And not the ones that are two or three games in a row, right? 
Now, I, I, this game wasn't as entertaining as others. And I don't mind that the Canadians lose the game. As long as they got some kind of lesson out of it. Yeah. They need to learn from... If this is a game they should have won. Yeah. But they couldn't get anything going. And if they can see where they failed, then hopefully they can fix that. But right now, I think it's more the fact that they don't have, um, they don't have a cycle game. No. It's all off the rush. If they can't score on the rush, there's nothing sustained. They need to, they need to be able to play a heavier cycle game to augment that rush chance. Yeah, but we've seen that they can they can set up in the zone. It just they have no finish when they start cycling the puck around. It is exactly. because many, the players they the players don't know what to do with it. Well, the players who can do the cycle are not the players who can finish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Monahan does play that style from time to time. Slavkovsky can, Anderson can, but Anderson's not finishing. Monahan He's he's good, but he's not able to carry an entire line. Right. Uh, he needs people to feed off of. And Slavkovsky's still a rookie who's only playing 11 minutes a game. Yeah. So, and, and then there's Armia, who's a possession monster who wins almost every board battle, who can dangle in a phone book yeah. in a phone booth, but somehow he's just not. Producing. He's just been snake bitten all year. He's, he's yeah. hit posts and he's you know missed open nets and he as as you said he's just not producing. And it's those depth guys that you yeah. want us that you every now and then you need to see their name come up on the score sheet. It just hasn't happened. No, and I think another aspect as to why the Canadians are not being as successful, uh, goaltending. Goaltending has been well above average. Most of this season so far. And when Jake Allen plays a good, but not great game, they get exposed. His last two games have not been the best for him. No, he's not. He's not been able to make those big spectacular saves. Um, I, I, I don't really fault him too much on the first two goals, but that third goal, the uh, the, breakaway through the five hole, he had it too. That's one. Yeah, that's one that he he probably should have had had he been playing up to his full, you know, the way he was playing earlier in the season, that wouldn't have never have gone in. Right. I'll say the first one you can kind of contribute to the defenseman not being there to say like, hey, let's not let this guy take an extra couple of whacks at our goalie's pad and, <laughs> and pop a puck yeah. in. And then the second one was just a good it was just a good tip. Beautiful tip. Yeah. Right? So um so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna eat his lunch over the first two no, goals. The third should have had okay, sure. Then there's the empty net. But even if even if Allen was able to take care of that uh, that breakaway goal, take that off the board, uh, take that first one off where you know he got hacked at a little bit, that still leaves a goal, and San Jose still wins the game yeah. because the Canadians could not score. And it's not like they didn't put in an effort in the third period. I think they put up 14, 14 shots or something in the third. And yeah, yeah. Uh, 14 to 10, in the third period. So, and that period is when they had the most high danger chances for. Yeah. And it, they, even they had three. It's just, it wasn't their night. And until they do something to uh, 
fix that atrocious power play and to to be able to take advantage of the man take advantage of a man advantage for once and not it kill their five on five momentum the canadians are going to continue to struggle and they're going to continue being one of those say you know they'll be an outside the playoff team until they can start uh, using the skill that they have to contribute points on the power play and honestly this season i don't care if they're outside <laughs> i want no, them outside and, and a lot of people so, a lot yeah. of people are the same way it's just it's how you lose the game and yeah. you want to see um positive growth so yeah they might lose a game 3 to 2 but maybe they went 1 for 3 on the power play or something you know something like that their their penalty yeah. kill is already starting is already going towards a very positive trend especially compared to last yes. season if their power play can start kind of creeping up and being a weapon like it used to be years ago where it was like we don't want to take a penalty against this team it would be something it would be something great and, and right now they've got a few players that can do it but again, way too predictable. Yeah, I agree. It's just a, a good power play can mask a lot of a lot of warts in a game. So, had the power play been able to produce, especially on that five on three, they score on that five on three. It's a completely different game because right after that five on three was completed, uh, they went back and scored, and made it two nothing. Had the yeah. Canadians scored. It's a tie game that changes the whole approach. So while uh, a power play doesn't need to be lethal 100% of the time, it should at least be a little provide bit of a, you a goal or two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because right now, a goal or two here and there. Because right now, a team, a team is comfortable taking oh, yeah. a penalty in the final five minutes against the Canadians or fuck, even in overtime, because I know the yeah. Canadians probably aren't going to do anything. Pretty much. Right, so hopefully something they can work on. Hopefully. Now, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. Is there any final thought? Any final thoughts? Any I, at all? Sorry, you you cut out and I was, I was waiting for you. To, I was waiting for you to finish what you were saying. Um, I got no final thoughts. Um just uh you know we're creeping in our 300th show so something to look forward to um the schedule for the world juniors and who's playing where is is out now um we know what the groups are we've known that for a while um there's going to be some hockey in uh quispam sis and bucktush and moncton and it's going to be it's going to be good for the province and uh something to look forward to i know you're going to be able to uh to see some games in halifax um yeah, something to look forward to. Looking forward to Boxing Day. Yeah, uh, as am I. I'm looking forward to watching Owen Beck and Riley Kidney and Joshua Roy all donning the Team Canada jersey while I'm sitting there in the press box watching that game. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great holiday season. Absolutely. Best Christmas in a couple <laughs> of years for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for me, I'd just like to thank everyone for tuning in, watching us live, listening to the show, um, following us from 
uh, anchor over to megaphone. If anyone's still having issues, I know uh, we've received a couple of DMS uh, from our, our listeners mentioning that they couldn't find us anymore on uh, anchor, not the new episodes while our old episodes are still available on anchor. We are now on megaphone and everything is released on there. You can find all our past library on Megaphone as well, but any new episodes are now there on Megaphone by Spotify. So check us out there. Keep sending in your comments, your your jokes, your your DMs, uh, emails. We really love the interaction with you guys. Uh, Keep in mind, there's a ton of other great podcasts you can check out, like Locked On Canadians, Happy Hour, uh, all of them. All of them, great shows. Check them out, but you know, keep listening to us too. Let's listen to us first. Yeah, Daddy needs Daddy (laughs) needs a pair of shoes here. So keep us in mind with your podcast. We got some, we get some fun shows every now and then. So we want to thank you for listening. And uh, remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Matt Cundell, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Cundell from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.